Buying or selling a home can be challenging, but it doesn't have to be. Heritage Realty makes buying and selling easy. With Heritage Realty, you get local market expertise, one-on-one service, and the support of a network of agents across the area. Heritage Realty cares about the details and goes above and beyond to deliver the service you need. Knowledge is power. Trust Heritage Realty to buy or sell your home. For the newest listings and detailed market reports, visit HeritageRealtyKnox.com. Heritage Realty, where today's technology meets traditional customer service. Let me ask you a question right out of the gate. Should Tennessee have one of the best quarterbacks of the decade of the 2000s? Because some people believe that that's not the case. Will and I will explain now more. Whitehead Auto Sales here on Chapman Highway. Fast-paced, hard-hitting, non-stop sports talk. Buckle your chin strap and fasten your seatbelts. This is Tyler and Will on 99.1, the sports animal. Over 150 vehicles in their inventory, and you can see their Google reviews about how they get the job done for you with tax season here. Why wouldn't you purchase your next vehicle, your first vehicle from Whitehead Auto Sales? Will West, Tyler Ivins, Tyler and Will Chapman Highway. Brother, last time we were inside the friendly confines of Whitehead Auto, we were getting ready for the Maui Invitational in Tennessee's basketball. We're back in 2024. Very excited for what's ahead over the next four hours. Yeah, look, absolutely. Excited to be back here at Whitehead Auto Sales. Remember, Whitehead Auto Sales, five stars across the board on Google for the Knoxville location. 4.9 rating on Google with their Maribel or their Alcoa location. They open up early 9.30 in the morning. They're here until 6.30 this afternoon, but fantastic deals that you love. Financing for any type of credit. Great vehicles they have here at great prices. You can always get financed here at Whitehead Auto Sales. You know, uh, we have a lot we dive into, and of course, more chances for you to score tickets to see Jelly Roll. I know you guys are ecstatic about those with our four-hour program coming up. Will West, we're sitting here February 27th. Still a lot to get into when it comes to how college basketball will play out. But when a college football topic, something of this size, starts our program, you know it's a big one, and it's left me kind of curious on where the list goes. Well, I I saw a lot of people complaining on social about Tennessee not being on. Bill Conley at ESPN.com, his ranking of the 80 best quarterbacks of the uh, 2000s in college football. And and so, and and I did kind of think about it and said, okay, no Clawson. No Dobbs, no Hendon, didn't make it. And then I start looking through this. Um, There's one, there's literally only one person that I would split hairs with on this and say you could have put a Tennessee player there. That's Bailey Zappi from Western Kentucky coming in at number 80. Number 79 is Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan was better at Boston College than anybody Tennessee's had since the 2000s. Teddy Bridgewater, 78. Teddy Bridgewater's better than anybody's had in the 2000s at the quarterback position. So I, I look at Timmy Chang, Dak Prescott's number 76, Brandon Whedon's 75, Geno Smith's 74, David Green, dang near 12,000 yards passing in the SEC is at 73. It, it's hard. AJ McCarron's 71. I mean, it's, it's hard. The, the JT Barrett, the guy who broke the record for Big Ten passing yeah. all time, Big Ten passing touchdowns, is number 70. So it's, it's just kind of when you look at it, yeah, it's hard not to look, you know, just on the surface when you hear no Tennessee player in the, from the 2000s on the top 80 quarterbacks list, you kind of shrug at that or just raise an eyebrow at that. But when Kenny Pickett's at number 64, when Aaron Rodgers is at 63, when Mahomes is at 61, and there are a few of these that I would, like, I don't think I would have Brad Banks as high as I had Brad Banks, but Brad Banks was good. Um, 
But when you start looking at like Dan LaFaber, who Russ Belt Tebow was is, is number Dan LaFaber from Central Michigan yeah, is number fifty five. He was great. I hear it, but like I guess okay. Yeah, no, I, would no, t- no. I would take what he did over the. You're Tennessee great, side. but I'm, I'm sorry. That was when Tyler wasn't looking at the Mac as much as he is yes. now. Denard Robinson's at fifty four. Okay. okay, Eli's fifty one. Tennessee has not had a quarterback in the two thousands better than Eli, right? So it, it doesn't make when you hear it just. No Tennessee quarterback of the 2000s make the top 80 quarterbacks of the 2000s list. You're like, wait, what? When you hear it, yeah, it's a knee jerk. It's but like, then what? when you start going with it and you start going through the list, kind of makes sense. I hate to say it. Kind of makes sense. I mean, uh, Land- Stetson Bennett's at 41. Chase Daniels at 39. Troy Smith's at 37. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, I mean, Penix is 33. Tennessee's not had a quarterback that's that's that high. Now, the one guy, if you had to put one on here, because I will say, I would remove Bailey Zappi, and I will I would put in someone else instead, and that someone else is Hendon Hooker. So you believe that there is, we're on the line of the 80 quarterbacks if this list went 81, that Hendon Hooker would make the list? Yeah, I, look, I would have Matt Ryan higher than this. But the problem with Matt Ryan is he played really terrible against good competition. Uh, I would have Teddy Bridgewater higher than this. The other guys that I wouldn't have as high that he has, uh, I would not have uh, Keenan Reynolds at Navy. I would not have mm. as high. I would not have Brad Banks at Iowa as high. Uh, I would not have Jordan Lynch from Northern Illinois high, but he did. He was very, very good. Right. I would not have Eric Crouch that high. 29 touchdowns, Heisman 25 Crouch? interceptions. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have Crouch that high because I think it was just product of the system and plug and play. But – it's it's hard to look at this and not start saying, okay, is that guy is Ben Roethlisberger better than anybody in Tennessee in the last in the two thousands? Ben Roethlisberger to me was a science project that they were lucky to land yeah. at a Mac school. He yeah. could have gone do he could have gone power five and didn't. Pat White. I'm not putting anybody that Tennessee's <laughs> had over Pat White. Again, he's probably, in my opinion, one of the in person top twenty quarterbacks yeah. I've seen on a college level. Russell Wilson. It was a, he was incredible in two different schools. <sighs> I'm, I, I take Russell Wilson, Wisconsin, before I took Russell Wilson in state. Yeah, right yeah, but I, well, but you're taking all but of them over Dobbs, and, Dobbs, and I yes, love Dobbs, yes. right? But I mean, they, he had a better career. They, they, like he just did have a better career. Caleb Williams is the number twenty-three quarterback on here. One of Heisman was resetting records at USC. I mean, I get it. Some of the stuff's going. There's probably going to be a lot of new money on this. Yeah, list. There, well, it's not as much as you think. But there's. Well, I thought I saw Max Dugan pop. Uh, yeah, Max pop. Dugan is up there. Max Dugan wanted a super high level. Zach Wilson was a top five pick. Like, yeah. like there are now. Should you know? Should he have been? Probably not. He was a college quarterback. Matt Barkley was unbelievable in college. Tennessee just doesn't have anybody that threw up twelve thousand yards passing over that time. They right. just didn't. And so, as weird as it sounds, I would take what Hendon did in two years over what a lot of people did. Overall, I would take that that what that what he did in those two years over what some dudes did that are kind of compilers. I, like, would you take what Hendon did over Todd Reising from Kansas? Kansas. I would probably yeah. take it over that. Here's the thing: How much of this do you believe that Hendon gets dinged because hey, he did have the time that he did spend because there was he wasn't very Virginia good at Virginia Tech. Tech. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I, why I, I was having that. that split com- that the split comparisons of Russell Wilson between State and Wisconsin. It, okay, the number one on the list, I have huge beef with Baker Mayfield. The number one quarterback in the 2000s is yeah. Baker Mayfield. Number two is Cam Newton. Number three is Vince Young. Number four is Tebow. Number five is Joe Burrow. Baker should be a top five quarterback, but personally, I would move him all the way down to number five because the last four you just named, I'd put over Baker. Now, how much of that has to do with the fact of walk on Texas Tech, 
winning job. Yeah. Transfer, Multiple years. Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just seems like if you want to talk about the most disrespected quarterback who kept telling people, no, no, I'm better than you think I am, yeah, yeah Baker should be number one. But overall quarterback, and I've even looked at his numbers knowing we were talking about this, I'd take Vince over Baker. I'd take Cam over Baker. I bet Tim Burrow and over. Joe Burrow. Yeah. No question over uh, Baker Mayfield. Yeah, Baker did it for multiple seasons. The one thing that's weird with Cam and with uh, Vince Young, because you remember Vince Young was okay, hmm? and then that Rose Bowl happened, and then the next year he was Superman. And Cam was Superman, especially when you look at the other guys that played around him. He had no help whatsoever. You mean the guy None. who's 6'5", 245, and just threw three guys yeah, around yeah, at Atlanta 7-on-7 yeah, yeah. seven seven tournament? After his body's broken and he had to be out of the NFL. So that, that's part of why I look at this and just say, yeah. all right, look, if, look, if you want to say who was the best, because the best and the greatest are two different things. Cam was the best. Nobody, nobody else could have done what Cam did, and Cam could have done what other guys did. Vince would be next for me. But if I want to say the greatest of the 2000s, do you have to have, like, what, that that's season he, with Burroughs right there with anybody. That's what I was about to say. When does Joe come into this conversation? Yeah, that season with Burroughs is good as literally anybody that's there. Like, Kyler Murray's at seven. I would not have Kyler Murray that high. I'm not there. Uh, Mariota, I thought, was better than nine. Uh, Robert Griffin third is at number 10. Trevor Lawrence at 11. So, Sam Bradford's in the top 15. Kellen Moore's in the top 15. Kellen Moore threw for 15,000 yards. So and, and a guy that's underrated is Matt Liner. Matt Liner threw dimes, and I don't think if he doesn't go to the wrong franchise, he might have had a decent NFL career. He also wasn't incredibly concerned with playing quarterback. He was kind of concerned with hooking up with pop stars. Uh, and I, Los Angeles quarterback. And from a 21-year-old kid, I get it, right? But it's it, he was not committed to becoming a franchise quarterback. But when you when you hear it on the surface, Tennessee, no quarterback in the top 80 in the 2000s, I would remove Bailey Zappi and put in Hendon Hooker, but that's probably about it. Is is that the one for him, Tennessee? Do you take Hendon Hooker above Dobbs? Either Hooker or Clawson. It's either Hooker or Clawson, and I'm not trying to – like, if you ask me right now, listen, you are comparing – what Josh did during his tenure here, both with his arms and his legs, I mean, you're talking about putting him in the same conversation, both mobile and throwing. Same conversation as Dak, same conversation as Johnny Football, same conversation as Tim Tebow. Like Josh Dobbs should be talked about as one of the greatest dual threat quarterbacks but, the SEC seen. But 10 and 2 versus 8 and 4 are two different things to me. Massive. And if you ask me right now, where is the Tennessee conversation beginning and starting for quarterbacks who maybe possibly should have made this list? I think Hooker edges out Clawson, but I'm talking about by hair's difference. And I think that there should be a conversation that should be had just whether or not a Tennessee quarterback ended up on this list. Bailey Zappi, the one who starts the list at number 80, that's where the conversation begins and finishes. Yeah, would, would you, anybody else you would take off that list and put on a Tennessee player? Because I, I literally, no. there's not another one I would take off. No. no I, look, I, you, I might take off, uh, what's his name from Iowa? That might be Brad about Banks. it. That might be about it. The it was just because guy. of what Banks was able to do that year when they had so many juggernaut programs yeah. that year. Juggernaut, I, look, and I only know this because I covered Iowa. They refer to Brad Banks as the giant slayer that year because it he was, was like, He was the Heisman runner-up as well. Like, right, but he was a, it, there's no way he can win a head-to-head matchup yeah. against so-and-so. Giant slayer, giant yeah. slayer, giant slayer. 111 games, yeah. and it, so anyway, it was the Heisman runner-up, and Tennessee didn't have anybody. The 111 games in the regular season and right. was the Heisman runner-up. Like, let's be frank, though. Go back to what we were talking about just then. Do any of those three quarterbacks, Dobbs, Clawson, or Hooker, were they even mentioned? And I understand it's just one no. category, but were they sniffing the Heisman? I believe Hooker gets an invite if Hinden he would've. doesn't shred his knee in Columbia. I believe I agree. Hendon, Hendon absolutely would have. Riley Jupp in here. Is there anybody we're not thinking of? Or And if you had to put one of Tennessee's three quarterbacks in, if you agreed with us, 
that you remove Bailey Zappi and you put one Tennessee quarterback in there, who would be the Tennessee quarterback? We're not going to include Eric Ainge? I'm not going to include no, Ainge. And, and I will say this. Ainge was good. Like Ainge is, very, is the most underrated player at UT in my lifetime. No, it, it, the answer to me is Hooker. I, when I looked at the list, when you all sent me that list and it said there's no UT quarterback, I see Zappy, I think about it, but then 79, as you just said, well, you go straight to Matt Ryan, and I'm like, man, Matt Ryan was considered one of the best quarterbacks, of course, ever in Boston College, great ACC quarterback. So to be considered Hendon, maybe Dobbs, and Clawson, yeah, no. It's it, it, If I had to pick one, it'd be Hooker. Zappy would be the guy, though, for sure. Hendon makes this list if he doesn't start his career at Vautech. I agree. If he explodes on the scene. at the end of that season. But yes, there are two. I believe that there I. More Virginia Tech than injured, but but if he makes one of these Heisman finalist lists, I think Hooker makes yeah, this list. I agree. 177 cars are currently in their inventory, Will West. We're at the Chapman Highway location, and I'll tell you, you know what's better than right now trying to find a vehicle? How about working with a team where the sales team doesn't work on commission and tax season's here? They want to be able to assist you find that first or next vehicle. It's all happening here at Chapman Highway. Your neck of the woods. We're back in South Knoxville right. here at Whitehead Auto Sales. Whitehead Auto Sales. Stop by and see us today. We're here, 150 units in yes. stock. Start the process. Get approved today at Whitehead Auto Sales. Reader's Choice, 2021, 2022, 20, 2023 for the number one used car dealer in Blount County. They have opened up in South Knoxville, Seymour area on Chapman Highway. Financing available for everybody. Even as low as 450 credit can get you approved. 90 days on your first payment option as well. And for first-time buyers, they have you taken care of here at Whitehead Auto Sales. Well, coming up in the next 30 minutes, Bruce is going to be making his return, possibly final return with Auburn at the Food City Center just over the bridge. But coming up in the next five minutes, Will West, Tennessee baseball right now, you're talking about you could, like, cook an egg on a rock. They're scorching hot right now. But it seems that baseball continues to lose momentum, both on the college level and on the major league level. Some ideas perhaps we need to pitch. Let's let's pitch some ideas coming up on what possibly, as a hearted baseball fan, like even me, I am baseball 162 guy through and through. Don't even care spring training has started. Yeah. I've got so much other on my mind right now than what the Mets, what the Braves, what the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Reds, any of the local teams are going to do. And in college baseball, I haven't even shifted my focus to what Tony Vitello's team is going to do in 2024. It's Tyler and Wills. We continue Chapman Highway next on 99.1, the sports animal. Guy flip-flops more than Tom Brady. It's Will West, Tyler and Will, 99.1, the sports animal. Tennessee baseball, who's in the middle of their longest homestand of the season. I mean, look, when you dominate like they did in the state of Texas, Wipe the floor with Albany. I think we all knew what the Albany Great Dane series was going to be. Let's see if we can get home. Can we get run rule? Can we get the mercy rule in effect? Well, they were able to accomplish that two of the three games that they squared off against Albany. Tyler, Will, we're back here with you from Whitehead Auto Sales. I got a problem, and it's a problem that I probably shouldn't deal with, but it's one, but I think I need to start coming with reality. You warned me of this a couple of years back. You're like, Ivan's baseball's dying they got to find some way to add more for the audience, fan-friendly, family-friendly. Look, whatever sport's going to ultimately, soccer, overtake baseball, I at least want to know who the murderer is before I start seeing the slow death continue. 
I'm not going to make this a soapbox Rob Manfred segment because I don't want to make this a soapbox Rob Manfred segment, but a lot of the things that he promised he would do when he took over for Alan Selig, he has yet to do, and I think he has a lot of the reason to do why there's been next to zero growth. In well, I, I think that he has not made the changes that he wanted to make, but I think a lot of baseball people don't want those changes to make. Fair. And, and it's, it's a tough thing, and, and if you're a NASCAR fan, you see that as well. Of uh, your people who are still in want this certain thing, but if you don't give them that certain, but if you don't, if you if you have that thing, then you can't have a broader audience. Yeah. So here, here's what I want to ask you: Tennessee baseball scorching hot. MLB is probably at the lowest point that it's been in my lifetime. So, if I were to say to you, what three step process to fixing Major League Baseball to try to get it to become America's pastime again? Give me your three steps. Uh, number one is it's massive. It is more – it probably would outweigh all three of them. If I could make them one, two, and three, but I'm not going to cheat, you must eliminate blackouts. The blackout restriction has to have been gone. Will, as I pointed it out before, and I'll do it again with this segment, I used to live in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, where that market, Will West, is blacked out from seeing seven – different franchises because they're all within the Brewers, Twins, Cubs, White Sox, Cardinals. I'm missing a couple of the teams. Detroit Tigers, it's embarrassing. You're you're making people pay a premium so they can continue to support a lot of local networks, local television, which is dying, to be able to fund rosters of teams and be pushed into fan bases listening to home feeds of teams they don't care about. And it just – it's just spilling over. To me, again, until they fix the blackout issue, can you imagine trying to grow up as a baseball fan in the Midwest yep. where you can't, you can't access any of the channels or see your favorite team? It's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. And so, I, so that's one, fix the blackout. Um, honestly, number two, you need to start making teams in Major League Baseball. They need to have a minimum floor. Teams like Oakland, teams like Arizona, which they're starting to clean it up a little bit now, but Oakland, Arizona, Milwaukee, other franchises – that are complaining about big spenders when it's a billion-dollar entity. These teams, again, continue to just be bad, draft picks, be able to get those draft picks put into a certain level where they're sitting there and they're becoming more of a developmental team for all the bigger franchises. Those big franchises continue to get hammered. they got to start setting more floor minimums when it comes to salaries in Major League Baseball, and a lot of these issues would go away. Finally, number three, and I know this is going to be a tough number three. I think that, and they're, they're accomplishing this, and I think whenever the steam starts picking up, they're going to like it. You need to start seeing franchises and players you normally don't see in areas that you normally don't see. When they actually got rid of interleague play and made it year-round where every team plays everybody, there's now a chance you can see a Shohei Otani in Atlanta. There's a chance that you can see an Aaron Judge take on the Dodgers on a regular basis getting these superstar players in different areas we're not used to seeing them. The sad part is that they're accomplishing number three before they're trying to tackle what number one and number two is, and guess what the first two have to do with? Money. So I'm not blown away that a lot of the big spending or small spending owners are right now getting up and trying to be proactive of accomplishing those things. Look, I would say the three things that I would say are this. Number one, you need to get off of the regional TV. You're going to die with regional TV. It's blackouts. And, and let's be on that. It's just the idea that, that RSNs are dead. So now what? And so you need to go do exactly the thing that it, the NHL has done with ESPN Plus and Hulu. Every game is everywhere. And if, they, if there's a local broadcast of that game, okay, it's blacked out on ESPN Plus, but every team, everywhere, every time, I know yeah. it's $129 a year that you charge for – 
the uh, MLB Extra Innings Plus package or whatever it might be. 189 Is it 189 I pay $200 a year to be able to watch all 162 of 67% of my games because uh, – 21 of the games are on networks that I can't watch. Yeah. Because they're regional sports networks. Oh, that's ridiculous. Put Sorry, Cincinnati and Atlanta. Your, 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 t- your television broadcasts are not up to par. So ESPN's brought, since they've been doing that, ESPN's broadcasts are up 40%. Turner's broadcasts are up almost 20%. Yeah. So because you, you just need people to consume your product because right now they're not consuming your product. The number two thing is, for me is you need to have a salary cap and a salary floor. Of we will spend, you can only spend this much. You can only, but you are forced to spend this much. Thank you. Socialism's good for sports. Thank it's you. bad for business everywhere else, but it works for sports. You need a salary cap. You need that to happen. The third thing, hardcore new baseball guy is not going to like this. Three pitcher limit. That's what you get. You get three, you get extra innings, you get a fourth. That's it. Every, and you keep adding to it. And if you want to say a four pitcher limit, I'd live with that. But I think that starter, long relief, and closer, that's what you get. That's what you get. No more bullpen games. No more dopey stuff. No more fans aren't going to watch that and watching bullpen games and stupid things like that. So you you need starters going six. You need a couple guy come in work a couple innings and a closer. If you wanted to say four and your starters go five and you have two two middle relievers and then a closer, that's fine. Nobody's sitting there watching. You have seven and with that you go and I'm adding a fourth one to my list. Very hard pitch clock. 25, what they did at Smokey's Park for years, 25 seconds, two minutes between pitchers, that's what you get, period. There's no, there's no nothing. You're, a batter can get a timeout if they want to, and a team can have a timeout per inning. Otherwise, this is what you get, period. Pitch, get the game going, make it move fast, because baseball's going to continue to die. You have to be willing. Look, the, the guy that's currently watching, look, don't take this the wrong way. You're going to watch no matter what. Yeah. Eric Kane's watching no matter what. Yeah. Me? I am not. I'm going to pretend like I'm watching for the first month and a half of baseball, and then I'm going to not care about it again until late August. And then I'm only going to, have, I'm only going to care through the week because football. So that's, that's what's going to happen. And if you're looking at baseball dying across the nation right now, that's something. And, and if you, I could throw a fifth one, make it where people can play the sport. Everything we do gets worse whenever we have the travel leagues. And, you know, it costs $800 plus for them to, your, your kid to be able to play baseball. That means you do have a bunch of kids growing up without interest. Now, I and if somebody's going to hit our mentions and say, well, those, those, those ball fields are full on a Tuesday night, that's great. But would you like to have an anecdotal 300 people are somewhere, or would you like to have millions and millions watching something? Riley, I'm sure we've missed something, or you want a triple stamp, double stamp on something that's already been brought up. How do you try to find a way to help baseball regain momentum? You've got to shorten the season, gentlemen. That, that's number one for me. You're, mm. you're already at a disadvantage starting when bas- when basketball's over, but when you're supposed to get all the audience watching, football is starting. It's September, October, pushing into early November. You need to shorten regular se- season. Still start in March, early April, whatever it is. You need to end before football is done so you can have all the eyeballs on your product. That's the issue they have right now. Two, for me, what the Braves are doing with their kind of battery, their area around the stadium, I love it. It's one of the best in baseball. Other people need to do that. Have areas around the stadium to draw attention, whether it's bars, restaurants, that sort of thing. Draw the attention to get them to the game that where you can be able to have it. Look, we know baseball, like you all said, we're sports fans. We're going to watch, pay attention. But there are the other casual people who care more about the everything else other than what's actually on the field, 
upgrade your product by having stuff outside the stadium or inside the stadium as well. That's Riley Thomas. Tyler Ivins, Will West from Whitehead Auto Sales today. Will West, 177 cars are in inventory right now, but doing a little bit of a digger, dive, a deeper dive, if you will. I'm going to tell you, if you haven't seen some of the things that they can do for you here, including the Google reviews, and look, Matthew Baker, he's one of our guys here. He has been a customer before. He's had family members who have been. This is starting to become one of those things where if you're looking for reliability in South Knoxville, come out here. Just one of their area yeah. locations or here Blunt, at Whitehead Auto Sales. Or Blount County. There's a reason why, again, five stars across the board for every Google review for the South Knoxville location of Whitehead Auto Sales. Mm-hmm. And they've been for years in Alcoa. 4.9 rating on Google for their Alcoa store. Even credit as low as four fifty, you can get finance here at Whitehead Auto Cell with a fantastic, reliable automobile. And you're probably saying to yourself, "Well, I need money for a down payment." In the tax time, in the tax time, go see, go see your CPA, and from there, you never know. You have some walking around money, and then all of a sudden, you have a better vehicle, a newer vehicle. And hey, come on, let's balance. You want one with all the heated seats and the bells and the whistles. Let them be able to lead you that red carpet treatment all the way to that next vehicle. It's happening here. We're in South Knoxville. That is the Whitehead Auto Sales here on Chapman Highway. 99.1, you're listening to The Sports Animal. You like sports. We like sports. Let's talk about it. Tyler and Will on 99.1, The Sports Animal. Well, 335 from South Knoxville, Whitehead Auto Sales as we continue. Sports Animal on AM 990 and FM 99.1. Riley Thomas, let's head over to the Stanley Vincent and Gates hotline. Let's bring in Dr. Jerry Punch at this time. Doc, we say good afternoon to you. Doc, I want to get started before we focus to Atlanta because tomorrow is going to be quite a big night, especially at Food City Center. Every single home game sold out the rest of the way. I say every single home game. There's two left, but it's Auburn. It's Kentucky. Bruce, since he took the job in 2014, good afternoon, Dr. Punch. Um, he's got an 8-7 and seven record. Some people still miss Bruce. Others are glad that he's gone. The rivalry, where, I just presented all that to you. Where are you? On one, where Auburn is right now. Two, Tennessee's pursuit of a regular season and Auburn standing in the way and kind of the Bruce-Tennessee love that we've kind of seen over the last decade plus. Good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I first of all, I think Bruce Pearl is a heck of a basketball coach. I think, I think he was. I saw him when he was at Wisconsin, uh, Milwaukee, uh, and I did the first ever bracket buster game for ESPN. Myself and Bucky Waters was my analyst, uh, and ESPN thought about doing putting putting mid majors on on, on prime time on Saturday, and we did that first game. Uh, and Bruce Pearl was the head coach at Wisconsin, Milwaukee, and a guy named Bruce Weber was the head coach at Southern Illinois. So two. But two Bruce's that were destined to be uh, big-time coaches in college basketball. So I, I I have no question in my mind that Bruce Pearl is a good coach, is well uh, is well versed. He's he specializes in some X and O's plans. He's, he has this great out of out of bounds plays that he works on, uh, and they spend a lot of time in practice working on those. He will have his players ready to play. I look at Auburn very similarly as I look at Tennessee in that they have had ups and downs. They have played games where they look like they were unbeatable as Tennessee did the other night against Texas A&M. But they've also had games where they look like they uh, they just were out of sync and they were playing as a bunch of individuals and not playing together as a team. They got out of – they get in foul trouble uh, and they and they lose their composure. 
Uh, I don't think Tennessee's lost their composure uh, because the good thing about Tennessee and, and, and Rick Barnes is Rick Barnes doesn't lose his composure. He keeps them uh, pretty much, uh, you know, uh, you know, the Missouri game, a prime example where he doesn't, he doesn't get, get excited. He understands that talent, ability, and discipline will prevail in the second half, and it did. Um, so I, it's, I think it's interesting. I think Bruce Pearl, Bruce Pearl, uh, and I, I haven't ever asked him this, but I think he takes it personal when he comes to Tennessee because he realizes how special this place was to him and how he engaged uh, and brought basketball to a level that it needed to come back to uh, and how much he loved being a part of, uh, of Rocky Top. And then it didn't work out for whatever reasons. That's a different discussion. Uh, and now he brings a team in that's very dangerous, very talented, very athletic, and has some uh, talented guards uh, that uh, if you know, see what Tennessee's had to face a couple of times with some talented guard play at South Carolina and A&M uh, that can give Tennessee a fit. Dr. Jerry Punch joining us thanks to New Balance Knoxville live on the Stanley Fencing and Gates hotline. Um, okay, Doc Punch, I want to ask you about what we saw from Kyle Filipowski, Duke, this weekend. January 21st, we saw Caitlin Clark get ran over by a fan. And then when they, and it was the first court storming in college basketball in 2024. Within the next seven days, we saw six more court stormings once that clip of Caitlin Clark getting ran over by a fan went viral. It, what are your thoughts on you, – because you've called college basketball. You did sidelines forever on college football. In your opinion, you've been around college athletics for a long time. Is it time to end field storming and court storming in college athletics? Well, obviously it's gotten to a point. Everything comes to a point in your culture that you have to make changes. Um, and I don't want to legislate – I don't want to take the fun out of sports. Uh, or the or the fanatic out of fans, uh, but at some point in time you have to find a way to protect uh, the people on the floor. Uh, and you know, kids that are running, they don't mean to do any harm. But you know, I I did a basketball game once uh, in a in a uh, in a conference semifinal game where uh, the student section was right behind where I was calling the game, and the students were leaping over us. We we're sitting there calling the final thirty seconds of the game. And and there's a shot that wins the game. We're we're going to be going on camera to discuss this incredible finish, and people are leaping over us, and I'm getting kneed and kicked in the back of the head by students leaping over us. But there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, uh, and it's you know it's just that emotion. So I, I it's got to, we got to find a way. Uh, whether you put up some uh, some railing around the opposing team or whether you uh, you know, what you do. I, I've seen coaches that in the final seconds, if the game's out of hand, they'll pull their players over to the side and let the final seconds tick off so they can walk off in one line and be close to a, to a, uh, get into a locker room or to a protected alley. But unfortunately, that Duke Wake Forest game, they couldn't do that because the game is a, it's a three or four point game in the final seconds. And Filipowski was underneath the Wake Forest bench, uh, Wake Forest basket. So he was far from his bench when this happened. So, um, you know, it's, you, you can't take the fun out of it, but you gotta, you got to be able to do some things. Just finding these programs, finding these schools, um, you know, with the SEC being at the very top in terms of fines. Some schools have minimal to no fines, like the Big Ten, for example. Uh, but, you, you know, the students don't care. The students aren't – they're there to have a good time and to get on and celebrate. Uh, but at some point in time, there's got to be something you can do uh, to protect those players whether they uh, whether they go to the they go to a certain point, you know you can't you can't 
wall off the student body or all the bleachers, but what you can do is put maybe 20 officers in a circle and all the players, you know, that are an opposing team run to a certain spot and stand there and they get encircled by, you know, by security uh, with, with a fence or a gate or something to protect them until the students can quit rushing and just start celebrating. So I don't know. I don't know what you do. I, I, I It's obviously got to be addressed. And uh, it was a, and the sad part was Wake Forest had a big win, but nobody was talking about the win and, and beating Duke. He was talking about what happened a, after the game. As Will pointed out yesterday too, Doc, Steve, Steve Forbes called a timeout with final seconds remaining in hopes to get the Winston-Salem or get Wake Forest's security ready for the court storming, and they still weren't on, in place ready for what happened, and it's an unfortunate situation, as you pointed out. 342, we're in South Knoxville. Dr. Jerry Punch joining us on the Stanley Fencing and Gates Hotline. We shift to Atlanta. How have things officially kicked off the NASCAR season after Daytona? Now Atlanta, and we'll also tell you how Whitehead Autosos can help you out now that it's tax time in Tennessee. 99.1, you're listening to The Sports Animal. More with Dr. Jerry Punch next. Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose, to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Hey, everybody, this is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today, a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game every day, plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network, on YouTube or wherever you listen. On 99.1, the sports animal. Well, a few more minutes with Dr. Jerry Punch. His appearance each and every Tuesday being brought to you by New Balance Knoxville. As we welcome the doc back in here to Tyler and Wills. We continue from Whitehead Auto Sales. All right, doc, I like to refer to it as Glovegate. Let's talk about what happened when it came to Joey Logano and his time down in Atlanta. Team Penske's driver, he had to drop to the rear of the field and serve a pass-through on pit road to start the Cup Series race in Atlanta over the weekend. Any additional penalties coming of this? And walk through kind of the novices of NASCAR of what exactly made them really penalty or non-improved gloves that Logano was wearing. Well, great, great question. You see drivers who take their left hands, and during qualifying, they'll put their left hand up in the front of the window net uh, they'll, they'll push it forward to the left of the steering wheel and try to block the air that's coming through the front of that net. It, there's an A post, the A pillar it's called, where the windshield, the side of the windshield is, and then there's the window starts, and then in the window net. There's probably four or five inches angled opening, and if you put your hand up there and can keep air from coming in, you can uh, reduce drag, maybe minimally, but some at those speeds, and reduce the airflow inside the car and Everyone believes that every little bit helps. A few counts here and there makes a difference. What Joey Logano did is he had a glove, he had a black glove that had webbing 
connecting the thumb and index finger, other fingers. So it was like a, it was like a mitt, like a catcher's mitt. Right. And he was able to unfold that hand and put it up in the, in the opening to block the air almost completely with that whole glove. NASCAR saw that, you know, because you have onboard cameras, you're not going to hide that. And they said, well, specifically, there's nothing in the rules that says you can't wear a glove. But then again, they say it wasn't a normal uh, spec glove that, that you purchased off. This was a, a made-to-order specified, you know, creative genius kind of glove. Mm-hmm. And so they said it's not allowed. And it's uh, the intent is to break the rule, uh, although – I think the the folks at, at Penske would say, hey, there's nothing specifically in the rules saying you can't make a glove like that. All kinds of different gloves are made. Well, this one was made to try to block the air, although your hand does it. So anyway, long story short, he had to go to the back of the field, uh, and uh, I think it'll be forthcoming with NASCAR and, and Penske as to whether they, you know, what they want to decide. Normally today, Tuesdays, uh, afternoon late, and Wednesday mornings are the times that NASCAR – uh, discusses what they want to do in terms of penalties and fines, et cetera, with this case. So and the old saying is, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. And um, I'm not so sure they they thought uh, they and they 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 got to know that you're going to be it's going to be seen because they have onboard cameras. And they said I had a great view of it. Mike Joy, the host for Fox, was saying, "Look here, you can see the glove. It's unfolded. They weren't trying to conceal it." In their mind, there wasn't a specific rule to govern that. They figured, well, we'll be the first ones to do it, and next week everybody will have those when they go to Vegas. Dr. Jerry Punch joining us on the Stanley Fencing and Gates Hotline. All right, it, was, it was a good race, though, Doc, especially a lot of times I think when we hear a mile and a half, if you're an old-school NASCAR fan, you kind of roll your eyes at a, at a mile and a half, 80 mile and a half track out there, but you had 48 lead changes, the most ever at Atlanta. You had 10 cautions. You had... Uh, the closest finish in the history of mile-and-a-half track racing at NASCAR and the third closest finish since 93. Overall, that's a strong race, e- even though it is at a mile-and-a-half track. Well, Atlanta, the reconfiguring of Atlanta, what they did, what what uh, Marcus Smith and you know, Bruton Smith and his dad beforehand, he wasn't afraid to change the configuration of the track a little bit. They raised the banking on the racetrack, so it wasn't a cookie-cutter mile-and-a-half. They got great racing there last year. Uh, very reminiscent of Daytona and Talladega. A lot of drafting, a lot of high speed, uh, two and three and four car, long car drafts, three wide racing. It's a wide racetrack. It's a fast racetrack. A few miles an hour in the draft, you know, slower than Daytona, but a track that's one mile shorter. And I think the finish is indicative of the fans loved it. The fans could see uh, three lanes of racing, guys in the middle not get not lose the draft because of the, of the length of the track and the fact that you're in the corners at those speeds. I mean, you're, you're carrying a tremendous amount of speed in the turns on a mile and a half racetrack. And then think about the fact that you come down that you finished your, your seven thousandths of a second behind the leader at the checkered flag. And you finished third. <laughs> How about that? You know, you finished that one, two, three finish, uh, as you mentioned, was incredible, just incredible. Seven thousandths of a second, you know, between Daniel Suarez and, and Kyle Busch. Uh, uh, just amazing. 
You know, Doc, I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day looking at what they have over at New Balance Knoxville. Has completed his entire wardrobe, not just for track season for the daughter. They even picked up specialty-made catching cleats for his son, who's doing a lot of the spring baseball and softball seasons that are coming up. So we always talk about how well they do when it comes to walking around a hospital or walking from terminal to terminal. Or for us, when we get from point A to point B, But when spring sports season comes around, it's incredible what the New Balance logo and the product can do, especially on diamonds, both softball and baseball. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and the fact that New Balances have become so popular and so comfortable and so stable for people who want to make sure they don't turn an ankle or have a knee injury, whatever, you want to stay healthy. That's why they're expanding more and more. We know that they're big now in the, in the, into the tennis, in the tennis organization. Yes. In the pro tennis. And, 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 and they've they become a regular sponsor. And you see almost ma- every major tennis player, a lot of the women's tennis players that's exclusively wear New Balance. And they used to wear uh, the Swish brand. Now they wear the New Balances. They do it selfishly because of the stability they, you know, for their lower body. Uh, the same way with, you know, if you're a catcher, if you're a, if you're a baseball player, softball player, you want that stability and that traction. We, I've told for years people that they're changing tires of these 200-mile-per-hour cars are wearing new balances because they can't afford to slip and fall on pit road when cars are flying by them, and, um, and, and you, you, you put yourself at risk, significant risk of injury. So, yeah, the new balance for those people are amazing, but for people like us that just want to be able to wear them and comfortably go to work or uh, walk up and down the sidelines or on a, at a racetrack, or go work out, or do CrossFit, or jog, whatever, they're perfect. They're perfect. Their comfort is there, uh, the reliability. I mean, I wear them every single day, and I, and I, and I, there's no other shoe I have that is reliable and wears as well as these do uh, in terms of not wearing out. Uh, and, and, so I, and plus the fact there's so many varieties, uh, colors, sizes, uh, price ranges, huge difference. You can go in there and very, 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 very cost-effective. They'll get a new pair of New Balances, I mean, all the way up to the 990s and others uh, that we enjoy for running and working out. So, yeah, they, they take great care of you there at New Balance of Knoxville. Yeah, Dr. Jerry Punch taking care of us each and every Tuesday here on Tyler and Will. Doc, get outside. Enjoy some of this warm weather. I know we saw some chilly temperatures still ahead, but Will and I both got shorts on. Hopefully you could duplicate and get some shorts on and enjoy a little bit of the warm weather across East Tennessee yourself. We'll talk to you next week, sir. Talk to you next week, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot, Doc. Uh, guess what TCU didn't do last night? Yeah. Score points. What an absolute snoozer to watch late last night. Uh, when you need a win, you go to the SEC. Riley, if you would, please, let's get some money on a Tuesday. When the underdogs are howling, he answers the call. It's riding with Ivan's on 99.1, the sports animal. Riley Thomas mocking me a little bit through my headset because I accidentally said the wrong number yesterday. I should actually say the slip. You're absolutely right, Riley Thomas. I don't think I'm going to need to remember the number. I'll do a little sprinkling, but I have full confidence on what's going to happen tonight. Did you see what Kentucky did over the weekend to Alabama? Yeah, they lay a buck 13, highest scoring production in against an SEC team since 1996. And in turn, they're going to be heading down to the hump. Yeah, they're going to be going down to Starkville, Mississippi tonight. Kentucky is a three-and-a-half-point underdog, and I know a lot of people are saying, Ivans, don't do it. Teams are having a tough time winning on the road, and I would agree with you. Kentucky, over their last handful of games, Barry Jekyll and Hyde. This Kentucky team had no business losing against LSU just a few short days ago, but then a thumping against Auburn before they go there. Somebody explain to me how it is you're going to let a poor Gonzaga team come into your house and beat you. Then you do what you need to do to be able to beat Chris Beard and his three-point desperate team at Ole Miss. 
and then you beat up on Auburn in the jungle, who has one of the most home court, uh, best home court advantages in college hoops, lose to LSU, thump Alabama. So w- what Kentucky are you going to get? I expect that this is going to be an offensive production they can parlay over even against Tulu Smith and Chris Jans's defense tonight. I like Kentucky so much this evening, which, by the way, your play for Tuesday, February 27th. We're going to take the Cats plus three and a half tonight. I've put just the same amount of units on the money line as well. Robbins, come on. Won't you have some stones? And uh-uh. I'll take the three and a half just in case it's a close one tonight. But nobody would be surprised if Kentucky came into Starkville, kicked the door in, got a win, and left. This is a Kentucky team, by the way, this year. Underdogs on the road, favorite stat, 4-1 and one ATS. Already thumped them once this year. I expect them to do just the same amount against uh, Mississippi State tonight in Starkville. Cats and the points tonight. We're going to return to the win column, riding with Ivans for your Tuesday as more Tyler and Wills on the way. Afford Anything is a podcast that teaches you how to be smart with your money. As a small business, you don't have the resources to pay the level of overhead and for the level of services that a Fortune 500 company could afford. So I certainly understand why, if you want to offer benefits, the providers of that, that that fee is going to be higher because there's more account management per employee. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, folks? Anthony Armstrong here. Bob Popple, along with Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. Hey, NFL fans. This is Solomon Wilcox, former NFL safety and host of the Believe in Bengals podcast. Catch my show and all 32 Believe NFL podcasts. Listen in to former players give their inside perspective on your favorite team. Search Believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. It's always football season, wherever you listen. 